یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں two hall of famers though so you know that's, there's that that's right <laughs> i no. think i think we'll soon have to start uh, evolving away from the jersey numbers into just you know numbers of significance yeah so or maybe just so when we get start to start talking about championship years or something or something like that. oh that's a good that's a great idea yeah i think we should uh, yeah. so 1953 who won the 1953 nba championship Let me let me google this. It's probably your uh, it's probably the Minneapolis Lakers, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Cuz they won all the it is Yep, it's the Minneapolis Lakers. It is indeed. It's right. So uh shout out to uh George Mikan and the <laughs> and the <laughs> Minneapolis Lakers. Yeah. Uh before we I mean this is an NBA preview episode and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Kashik your Los Angeles Lakers. As before we, we do that. Yeah, we will. And the Knicks lost in the 1953 finals to the Minneapolis Lakers. Now we know that. That's so, perfect. Do you feel as a, as I'm I'm sure you're proud of the Lakers' past histories, right? Are you do you count these the Minneapolis championships as something to like stack up in your in your you know in in your feathers in your fan cap, so to say? I think so. I think so. Like whatever the whatever the history of the league is, it, it is what it is, regardless of what. the situation was back then you can't suddenly say that x is the year where it starts to count so if it's recorded yeah. in history it's recorded in history that's how i look at it fair enough fair enough um but before we get on to talking about the nba stuff let's do a, a quick recap of a couple of big india basketball hits that's right uh, so the fiba asia champions cup happened recently which is the club equivalent of the fiba asia cup which is typically represented by the indian champions which often tends to be ongc uh, yeah. how did that go this time around yeah uh, ongc as usual are um, in were india's representatives we uh, ongc win most of the tournaments in india and they have the best talent in india and they dominate here but when they go out it's you know the the the, the gulf in talent is vast uh it's almost because then when india go as a country to the fiba asia cup yeah yeah because a lot of the the club teams the 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 foreign clubs teams really the the difference makers and if you look at the 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 all tournament team everyone except for um, arslan kazemi who's iranian everyone else is an import in the yeah. all tournament team so yeah, the imports right. have such a big uh, value in tournaments like these and uh, as we all know the our indian teams don't have imports we don't so, even have uh, a league we don't even have a league <laughs> <laughs> uh but but uh, but before I, i guess you guys can tell by the tone of our voice that oh, didn't do that well they did not they lost all the preliminary <laughs> round games and went out early now ongc had already made excuse we were without two of uh not not just ongcs but two of the best players of their positions in asia in vishesh bhagwanchi and amrit pal singh who didn't play and um ongc lost the very last game against a team from um, dubai by just one point so i'm 100% sure that if those two had played they would have at least made it to the quarter finals you know and um and had a much better showing so uh yeah it's a it, uh it and and the other thing about this ongc team is that without vishesh and amrit pal they were mostly led by people who are above 30 like the veterans you know these historically great names in indian basketball riyazuddin and yadwinder singh and uh, mohit bhandari so all these uh, old folks came out to play it's a, it was a veteran team without the quality veterans that's how yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the couple of guys who you uh, who spoke about recently who missed uh, i just want to briefly touch on 
Amritpal Singh, who's now playing for the Sydney Kings. Yes. Um, did you did you happen to have a chance to look at the game against Utah Jazz, where he played about eight or nine minutes? I I did not see, but I know he played. He grabbed a couple of rebounds, so that was his contribution. And it's 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 crazy because even this for the Sydney Kings playing the Utah Jazz it was a big deal. You know? Yeah. And it just so happened that Amritpal happens to be on the team now. So that that must have been really cool for him. I'm happy for him that he's getting to be in this professional atmosphere. You know, That's it's right. going to improve his game so much. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of professional experience, the other of our Twin Tower Singhs uh, from Punjab, yes. Amjot Singh is once again heading back to New York City for what is now the G League, what used to be the D yes. League. Uh, yeah. he, he's going for the tryouts again. This happened last year as well, but I think yeah. we, he spoke about it uh, the previous episode and we kind of were aware that he wasn't really in the best of shapes or he wasn't didn't have the right preparation and stuff like that last year. But I think he's yeah. in a better position right now. Uh, so what do you know about yeah. him, our, our, our Our guest from our previous episode, so we have a minus touch, you know. Just want to let you know, uh, after our first interview with Satnam Singh and Hoopdarshan, he was drafted to the NBA. So yes. I'm just letting letting that out there in the ether of the world, that information. Uh, <laughs> Amjot is in New York. He's going to be much better prepared this time around. Like last last year, uh, he did not spend as much time in the US um, working out with teams. Mm-hmm. He just showed up for the draft. I, yeah. don't, I don't think he, he even showed up. I, he just gave his name in for the draft. So... That's why Palpreet, who is a great player, but in pretty much every every way you look at it, is not a more valuable player than Amjot. Yeah. Got drafted just because teams knew him. You know? mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm almost certain Amjot will get drafted. Now, whether he'll make a team is a different issue. Because, you know, uh, Palpreet got cut within one week after of, of being drafted. That's right. So, let's see. I, I think he will. I think, I think he's a great player. I think he can contribute. Um, so all our all our good juju with uh, all our good juju and hope with Amjot Singh, we will celebrate some butter chicken with you, Amjot. Once we hear this news, that's right. The draft for the G League is on October the twenty first, which is about fifteen yeah. or so days from now. Uh, yeah. So watch out for that, and of course we uh, will cover if and when he does get drafted in the next episode of Hoop Darshan. Yes, uh, and that 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 should do it for the Indian. Uh, basketball news. Uh, there's obviously not much happening this time of the year in the Indian basketball scene. That yep. is because we are almost here for the start of the NBA season. How how excited are you, I am hyped uh, just to see all the new jerseys. Some some nice, some are nice, some are ugly. Uh, so many players in in these new new players in new jerseys. All the rookies coming in. This has been the craziest NBA off season in my memory of player movement. Um, so I'm excited. Plus, did you see the news about the All Star Game rule changes? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, we'll we'll that is chat so, about that. Yeah, it it is it is a huge change. I'm always a big fan of uh, the NBA for more than one reasons, and one <coughs> of those reasons is purely that they don't really stick to this thing of like, oh, we've done it a certain way for all these years, so we're not going to change. They just they're going to try yeah. new things. They're going to see what the fans want, and they're going to. They, they're not afraid to experiment, so I'm a big fan of um, a lot of these changes. I really hope that the the one change that they can eventually incorporate, which will, to me will be the biggest one, was just shortening the, the season. Everything, <laughs> A lot of things will be solved by that. Uh, and getting rid of conferences. So those are the two big ones, but we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> so to, interview, uh, to, to preview the new NBA season... We're going to have my friend Vince Granata come talk to us. Vince is a huge Celtics fan. And Celtics have had a hell of uh, uh, an off-season. There's been a lot of movements in in Boston. So, we'll get, I would say, a highly biased point of view very soon. So, uh, are we ready? If you listen to to Bill Simmons, anything would pay in comparison. So, hopefully, this is uh, not as much of a homer in Boston. What do you think, Karan? He's... Vince will be rolling in with his hot takes. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Let's get him on. I want to introduce our listeners to Vincent Granata. Vince, how are you doing? Doing great, Karan. Doing great. Glad to be uh, here. So, uh, before we get on to talking about the, the NBA season, I know you went and uh, you played in your old man basketball league last night. How did that go? 
it's humbling at uh, my advanced age, having had recently <laughs> turned 30, um, you know, just not getting up and down the court the way I remember um, as a younger man. Um, so I, uh, I can't say that I played particularly well. We wound up yeah. losing by about nine. But, um, you know, I didn't get hurt, and that's becoming the main way to judge success, which is, which is sad, but that still standing. It, it is not yeah. sad. It is not sad, Vince. As, as someone who's on the same boat as you, who just underwent an ACL surgery recently, I'm just glad that one, one, of, our, one of us is you know, still getting to play. So, uh, yeah. Well, it, enjoy it while you can. I go out now at this age with the, with the Derek Rose mentality of pretty much not getting hurt by the end of the, of the scrum. Right. It's, it's every step you take on the court now, you're kind of weighing in your mind, like, ah, should, I, should I run down this loose ball? Like, is this, uh, is this worth ruining the next six months of my life for? Usually so, not. So. Yeah. Kaushik, have you healed? What's what's the situation with your ACL? I, I'm at the three-month mark after the surgery, so I'm still about like five or six months to go before I can start playing again. Wow. Uh, okay. On, on the way you should start. You should start posting... Um, uh, you know, short Instagram videos of you like Joel and B just working on it practice. So people oh, get super hyped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I think we should start this preview first by just talking about how how many crazy new trades have happened this offseason. New, new, uh, you know, old faces and new places. It's going to be sort of so weird in the very first week just to see, you know, Jimmy Butler in a Timberwolves jersey or uh, all those guys in the Thunder jersey. We should obviously start with Vince. Uh, your Boston Celtics are going to be complete. Like your starting five will be completely changed this year. Completely changed. I, hey, before I mean, we start, Boston Celtics. Boo! Just, just wanted to say that. As uh, okay, Julie really noted. Hey, that's fair. No, we're, we're. I mean, I think you know, Boston sports teams in general are are the most hated, perhaps. Um, you know, across across the country. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, the the roster itself. I mean. Just top to bottom, I think we have four returners from last year, which is which is completely absurd. Mm. Um, you know, and I think, as you were saying, I mean, there were so many trades this offseason. It actually, you know, made it feel like the offseason was a little bit shorter, and it wasn't this, you know, massive time without basketball that can be so so crushing. Um, so that was exciting. Um, um, so you are a noted Isaiah Thomas fan. You had an Isaiah Thomas jersey. Uh, still do. You, I didn't burn it. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, like I burn it. Good job. No, I uh, never. So, uh, how are you dealing with that loss, especially after you know the the way he played in the playoffs was so inspirational, and now he's literally playing for the team that's gonna be your Eastern Conference rival. Yeah, no, it, it's been a it's been a while since I've, I've felt like this type of connection to, to you know watching you know any, any athlete really across all all the sports that I enjoy. But what he meant and what he what he came to me, and I think to sort of Boston fans in general, was really starting to transcend just what he was doing on the court. So. You know, as, as as I've described, my my heart really hurt when we traded him. Um, there was about a day where, you know, I had to sort of take a lot of quiet time on my own um, and and sort of consider what life would be like without you know just this this guy that I'd really galvanized. I think the whole fan base. Yeah. But um, I got over it quickly because I remembered just how absurd Kyrie Irving is. So. <laughs> now, absurd is a good way of putting it because. Um, his game is as absurd on court as his words are off court. Um, what are you hoping Mr. Flat Earther brings for the Celtics this season? Well, hey, let's be fair. He's taken some half steps back from the half earth thing. You know, he, he's he's sort of you know hedging his his opinion a little bit here. Hey, uh, if he takes enough steps back, he'll be back where he started because it is a round earth. <laughs> or he'll nice fall one. right off. <laughs> or he'll fall right off. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't hurt himself. Oh man. So, so uh, Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, um, Marcus Morris, because you also lost Avery Bradley, was another great player. Yeah, um, we did. And um, I guess Jalen Brown will be the fifth starter. I hope he is, because I love his game so much. He should be. He should I, be. I've got, I've got high hopes he turns into sort of a young Iguodala type player. Um, um, but, uh, yeah. And you guys drafted Tatum. So, what do you feel are... What do you feel is the outlook of this team? Uh, you know, going in, do you think they'll be better than last season? I think so. Um, I mean, that that being said, does better equal uh, you know winning the Eastern Conference? I, I don't know about that. Um, but I think I think the ceiling is certainly higher. Uh, you know, I think all of the losses you, you've you've mentioned, and, and you know, including I think I think Jay Crowder is sort of the one that almost looms largest in my mind. Um, you know, for what for what he was in terms of the team's identity, uh, in terms of sort of being a tough defender, that could also 
you know, shoot the three and, and contribute on that end. I mean, I think the ceiling has got to be higher. Um, I think we don't yet know necessarily what Kyrie's going to be when he's sort of, you know, the guy. And if all of his success and all of his, you know, amazing ability to score the basketball one-on-one was just sort of a product of being next to LeBron James, or if he can really shoulder the whole the whole team, I guess we're going to find out. Kaushik, your views on, on Kyrie in Boston, what do you think he can bring? I'm a big fan of Kyrie's. I think he's a really special player. So, uh, as much as it hurts to have him playing on Boston, I think it'll be it'll be pretty great for the, for the Celtics. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Hayward. So, I, I think Boston have done really well in terms of trying to put together a team. But I'm a little bit worried in terms of uh, they don't have the same depth as they did last year. They don't have the same continuity. So, I don't know how long it'll take them to mesh into that beautiful unit that they were uh, under uh, Coach Stevens. So, uh, Vince, I wanted to ask you, do you think that that would be a big challenge this year? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I mean, I mean, think if anyone can do it, it's Coach Stevens. I mean, he's he's a magician, um, you know, in many ways. But, you know, just looking at who's coming off the bench now, I mean, you got, you know, if, if Brown does wind up starting, which I, I think and hope he will, um, you know, you really got Marcus Smart and, and you know, Rozier is sort of the, the two guys left over from, from last year coming off the bench, you know, both good defenders, both high energy type guys. And that, that sort of people are gonna have to pick up on that energy. I think, you know, the, the new people coming to the team, a lot of these, you know, new faces that are, are filling sort of the deeper bench slots. Um, you know, they have to follow that, that lead and, and get into that sort of Brad Stevens, you know, aggressive defensive mentality. Uh, for this team to really, you know, have the chance to potentially, you know, come out of the East. Yeah, the, you know, the the East is. I feel that they'll it, it'll be pretty much a uh, a repeat of last season, where uh, the Celtics and the Cavs. Now the Celtics won fifty three games and they won the East, and the Cavs won what forty eight, forty nine, and they were second place. So like neither team really, you know blew the conference apart. They both sort of stumbled to the top spot. And I think it'll be a repeat of that. It'll be... Uh, the Celtics will have issues meshing together, but then the Cavs themselves will have issues because Isaiah's out and, you know, even they're meshing in a lot of uh, new players. You know, Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade, even as even if they pass their prime, they're going to have a high usage rate. So, it is going to be uh, similar issues on both sides. And I think it'll be a similar end where they both sort of stumble to 50-ish games. And the great or terrible thing, depending on how you look at uh, about the East, is that there there's just not there's a lot of room for error. I mean, there, there's a lot of yeah, there, there are going to be a lot of garbage games in the in the in the regular season in the East this year. A lot, a lot of teams aren't. Uh, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna really from. I'm not gonna mention your guys now. Um, you, you, that'd be a low. Um, <laughs> you you can totally mention my guys because so, I was gonna talk about that. Like uh, that's another part of our player movement, uh, you know, theme, right? That so many of the great players from the East, uh, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, who's not, you know, the old mellow, but still like he can he can put a buckets, and they've all gone west. Um, so let's start with OKC then. Uh, how did that? I mean, already Russ and PG was already an exciting duo. Now they get mellow too. So, like, do you, do you guys believe the hype? Do you think that they they can be a, a true contender? Kaushik, why don't you go first? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this might be down to the little bit of a bias that I'm I'm a big fan of Paul George's game as well as Mellow, uh, and I might be one of those few people still left on Mellow still a great player uh, bandwagon. Oh, I'm I'm there too. Yeah, like yeah, we know. I think we know. We'll, we'll, we'll live and die on that bandwagon. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of both the moves for OKC and for, for them to turn um, Kevin Durant walking away to this team in just a matter of a few months. I think it's it's pretty unbelievable it's job from Sam Presti. And I don't know if they still have enough to, to beat the Warriors, but uh, I think there's going to be... It's going to be a series if it gets to that. And... Uh, uh, I'm I'm really curious to see what it's like for Westbrook to have two other stars now and whether that changes his game and because he had a pretty high usage rate last year and pretty much everything went through him in OKC so I, I'm curious to see what that changes in his game how OKC evolves as a team they are also um, not as deep as they traditionally are so uh, it, it, it's certainly Exciting from uh, from that first five point of view. They've got a really really good lineup that can 
challenge a lot of teams and especially when you compare the yardstick that everyone's trying to be that's golden state warriors uh, i i think they're uh, they've taken significant steps to close that gap uh, and i'm really excited to see okay see this year what's your thoughts yeah no, i agree i think setting aside for a second that you know the ultimate question about can anyone touch the warriors um i mean they're going to be fun to watch i mean they're going to yeah. I think there are a lot of questions, obviously, about, as you guys said, if Melo can really take a step back and, and not be sort of the guy or, you know, not even necessarily be the second guy on, on offense sometimes and, you know, just sort of be content with, you know, waiting for spot-up opportunities and, you know, maybe catching things off the screens and, and things of that nature. If he can be okay with that, I mean, this, this offense is going to be unreal. Um, but I think, Tosh, you're right to say that they don't have much depth at all really uh, coming off that bench. Um, you know, they lost a lot of pieces to to make these trades happen. So, you know, that's definitely a concern, especially when the playoffs come around or, you know, if injuries, um, you know, hit anyone in that starting five. But, I mean, as far as the starting five goes, they've got as good a starting five as, as, you know, just about anybody except for, you know, maybe the aforementioned Warriors. So they're going to be exciting. Yeah, so... I I also agree with everyone that that Melo I don't think Melo will be a problem at all. I've, I've seen we've seen Melo in uh, in in his Olympic Melo days, and he he thrives in in situations where people forget about him, and he's sort of the you know the leftover scorer because he just in in a vacuum he's one of the greatest offensive players of the last decade or so. He can just get buckets. Um, I think he'll do well. A, a side Melo note uh, on my wedding. That was the the dowry my wife gave me, a Carmelo Anthony Knicks jersey. <laughs> you married well. You married well. <laughs> that was my dahage. So uh, I was I, I was sad to see him leave the Knicks, um, of course. But I think he'll try. I think it'll eventually all come down to Westbrook as always. I, I, I feel Westbrook, if he can get everyone involved, move the ball, which is a questionable thing to ask. Like He gets the assist, but it's not really a quick ball movement. Um I think if they move the ball well, then this team will be, will be successful. But the problem is, we've seen this before. We've seen KD, um, Westbrook, and you know teams with Ibaka and Harden before, where they have a lot of talent, but the offense is clunky. It's like my turn, your turn, you know. So I hope it doesn't become like that again. I hope I hope there's a bit more fluidity to the way they move. Uh, I think Paul George will fit in well there too. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think he needs the ball as much as either of those two guys. And uh, you know, I think. He, he's a fantastic second option and you know I think th- this was actually something that I was really quite upset about when the Celtics didn't trade for him uh, and when you know the Pacers basically got next to nothing or you know all due respect to Oladipo and Sabonis but uh, that that really blew me away because he's such a strong two-way player and you know I, I really had valued him quite highly so I think he's gonna he's gonna really elevate that franchise Let's give a big shout out to Sam Presti. Like he has had yeah. one of the great off seasons of any GM. He turned McDermott, Cantor, um, Oladipo, and Sabonis, so which are like auxiliary pieces and bad contracts, into Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, and he extended Russell Westbrook for five years. Like it's from being from a quote unquote small market. That's amazing what he's managed. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he, he's always shown that he's got. Uh, he's got this thing to pull out trades out of absolutely nothing, and he, with with all the limited resources that he's given, he to put together that sort of team is absolutely amazing. Uh, whether that means, you know, what that means for OKC's future, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, we know that they've got a team this year that nobody thought they would, uh, even a couple of months earlier. So uh, it's really exciting. I'm excited to see what OKC is going to do this year. So I'll quickly quickly address a few other of like the major uh, changes. You know, we talked about Kyrie uh, already. So I and Isaiah Thomas is now in Cleveland. So is uh, Dwayne Wade. So is Derrick Rose. So like they're gonna have three uh, all offense, very little defense guards uh, around LeBron, which is which is gonna be entertaining in itself. Um, we have Jimmy Butler going to Minnesota, which which I think I'll, I'm on their bandwagon all day. I think they're gonna kill it. Um, Paul Millsap in Denver, Chris Paul in Houston, and uh, our boy Ricky Rubio in Utah. So, uh, which which one of these are or if there's more than one? Vince, why don't you go first? What are you most excited to see? Which one of these guys in a new situation are you most excited for? 
I, mean, I think I, I'm most excited as you are about the T Wolves, just because they're they're putting. I mean, in terms of the young talent they already had with with Wiggins and, and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, to bring someone like Jimmy Butler there, who's still you know very much in in sort of the peak form of his career, uh, they, they could do some special things. Um, I think I'm, I'm more intrigued, maybe not excited, because you know I'm, I'm concerned about them, but I'm very intrigued about how this Cavs team is going to work out. Um, and I will say, just to, to stick up for my former Celtics, you did forget about uh, Jeff Green. Um, you know, a crucial, crucial uh, acquisition <laughs> in terms of guys that can occasionally put up buckets, and play not much defense, and generally be disappointing. Um, I forgot uh, Jeff Green was in the NBA. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I'm here to remind you. That's that's why I came on to talk about. Hey, year after year, <laughs> somebody falls for the Jeff Green hype, uh, and it's hey, he's, he's making a lot of money off of that. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what uh, I'm really curious to see what kind of role Wade's going to play during the regular season, um, and you know just how how they're going to limit his minutes, and you know just how many games he's going to play. Because you know, quite frankly, as we said, they can get into decent position in the Eastern Conference and, and you know save a lot of you know Wade's minutes, and you know to basically keep him ready for the postseason. And he knows how to play with LeBron in the postseason, so I think that's going to be an interesting proposition. I think Wade's regular season role will be pouring wine for LeBron. Uh, and that's about it. He's he's gonna chill, and he's gonna you know save it all for the postseason. They don't really need him to finish top two in the East. Uh, I, I'm 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 seeing a big breakout season from Kevin Love too. I think he's gonna come back to his like superstar form, especially because Isaiah's out for the first whatever four months. Um, I've historically loved Derrick Rose, but he I don't know how that fit's gonna happen. He's 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 a worse Isaiah Thomas right now, so. Um, We'll see. It'll be it'll be intriguing. That's a good way to put it. Uh, Kaushik, what about you? I mean, who are you most intrigued or excited to see in New Jersey? Uh, is is it too early for hot takes? Uh, you can give sure. You, 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 there's it's never too early for hot takes. Go on. <laughs> My hot take is that I'm not as high on the Timberwolves as you guys are. I think they're going to be pretty. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> I I think they're like supremely overrated. Uh, in what they are as a team. And I think, uh, sure, like, Thibodeau is a great defensive coach, but I just can't see how that team contends night after night in the brutal Western Conference where, like, I can't even see them finish, like, top four. Um, they, oh, of course they're not finishing top right. four. They'll, they'll, make it, they'll make it to the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a big struggle. I can't see how um, they'll score so fluidly where in today's NBA, if you can't score... Uh, easily, then it just th- things start getting difficult for you. The case in point here is like all these Chicago Bulls seasons. Like even the last couple of years of Thibodeau's time in Chicago, they they actually had it tougher than what most people realize. Uh, and uh, like Jimmy Butler is great, but there's not nearly as much creativity as there should be in a in a hyped Western Conference team. So I'm actually really really down on them. So if there was a if there was an over/under betting, that I would like pick the under half, but without opening my eyes, you know. I see them finishing about sixth or seventh in the West, and which is, you know, that that is part of the hype because they haven't made the the playoffs in what twelve or thirteen years, mm-hmm. and they'll be, in my opinion, the most fun team to watch outside of you know the usual contenders outside of um, you know the Warriors and the Thunder or whatever. Um, so. I I'm I think they'll do well. I, I understand your issue with the offense. I feel that's why uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping Andrew Wiggins takes a big step. Uh, yeah. in, he provides a creative sort of boost, and we'll get this onto this later during my my uh, hashtag flame take section. Carl Anthony Towns is gonna destroy the freaking world. It's gonna happen. So um, I'm hyped for them. <laughs> um, so uh, Chris Paul is in Houston. Any thoughts? Vince. Well, that was gonna that was gonna concern one of my uh, my flame takes later. But I, I will say this, um, you know, and people say this all the time. The, the, there's the the only one ball situation. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you look at you know how often um, you know last year Harden or Paul had the ball in his hands, um, and then you start to think about extrapolating that that over sort of you know a full season with them both being on the court together quite often. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like. They're obviously two of the best guards in the NBA. Um, and I think the one thing that Houston definitely has going for it is, is 
it's got a little bit more depth around those two stars than, than an OKC does. Um, but I, I guess that's just one that I'm going to have to see, you know, how, how Dan, Dan, uh, Tony makes that work. Um, you know, just logistically, you know, how, how are they going to feed each other? Is anyone going to get upset? And I'm curious. Uh, I'm, I'm reasonably positive on those, uh, on those guys. Cause I think the stages of the career that they're in, uh, they could really use each other's help where, uh, you, you, you could see over the last couple of years that James Harden's overburdened in Houston and he would really like for another star to take some of that pressure throughout the season. So he remains okay for the postseason. And the same thing with Chris Paul as well. I think he's had enough of, um, Clippers and where he sees that that's the end of the trajectory for him. So it's gonna, uh, he's gonna really enjoy playing in this super fast tempo. Mike D'Antoni system where there's hardened to feed off of. I'm actually really, uh, ex- really excited and pretty positive about Houston. I think they're the kind of players that have the talent to work things out. Uh, and things generally work in a Mike D'Antoni system where pe- people have the buy-in for it. So uh, that that's the key part. I think both Harden and Chris Paul are, are on that belief system. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for those guys. Can I be the villain here? I really hate the Rockets. I don't know. Just, just the way they play, the way they flop around everywhere. And it's so like predict. I mean, they're really good. They're going to finish somewhere between two and four in the West. But I, I can't stand watching them play. <laughs> and a bit like, cause, uh, with Chris Paul coming, it's going to be more of the same like yeah, it's flopping. Gonna be gross. And, it's like the, the, the same old uh, of, of, of flopping and complaining. Between him and Harden, oh God. Yeah. So, <laughs> referees are going to be fighting each other to to get Houston off of their schedules because it's it's going to be it's going to be rough. Imagine um, if they still had Dwight Howard. Oh God. Oh jeez. Oh, we forgot about Dwight Howard player movement. Dwight oh. Howard in Charlotte. Oh, that's that's one of those. Did we, did we forget? So so oh, so I, I wanted to bring this in caution. Uh, you know, we were talking about the All Star Game uh, rule changes. How they so uh, Vince? I think you saw. Do you see this? That now I did. Uh, yes. Yes. So, so now all the players get voted in by coaches slash uh, uh, fans. And then the two top vote-getters are captains who choose their teams. Now, I'm really hyped to see who gets picked last. And in my fantasy, uh, Dwight Howard plays well enough to, to have this season. You know, it's the East. They don't have big men to be named an all-star. And nobody picks him. This is going to be my dream. Uh, you're, you're, like, you're probably one of the most optimistic people around there. Uh, I think Dwight, Dwight Howard was done five years ago. Um, sorry, Matt, that I'm just pushing saying, it, but <laughs> who are the bigs in, in the in the Eastern Conference? You know, it, uh, Porzingis is going to be an All Star, and I, I, you know, Dwight Charlotte might is a playoff team because that's how bad the East is. That is how bad the East is. <laughs> oh, no, but, no. Yeah, you got Drummond out there too. Might might push him for a for a big spot, perhaps. Man, Dwight versus Drummond. That's going to be that's going to be fun. Uh, maybe we should have a free throw contest between the two of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, please, no. <laughs> All-Star Saturday is back. <laughs> uh, let's let's briefly talk about some of the teams who aren't really title contenders. We've spoken about most of the good teams, but there is uh, there is something to look forward to from some of the teams that are on the other end of the spectrum as well. So, uh, Vince, I, I, I'll get... Karan and myself to talk about our miserable teams of that is the Knicks and the Lakers. But uh, do you have any any team that you're looking for uh, to keep an eye on uh, who aren't really title contenders? Well, uh, for my own for my own well being, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that the uh, the Brooklyn Nets actually have a decent season this year, so that that pick we traded away doesn't <laughs> doesn't turn into sort of a number one pick that uh, that we we let go. Um, and and I I doubt that they're gonna you know be that much better than they were uh last year um but I, w- I will be watching them you know out of the corner of my eye and and hoping that uh that perhaps you know cleveland doesn't get its fourth number one pick in you know recent memory uh because of us <laughs> what about you karan uh, a- anyone other than the knicks so let's first hear your thoughts about your knicks um, where are they at and where are you at with them after carmelo has gone are you ready to embrace the porzingis era Hashtag tank for Doncic. That's that's what the season is about. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's give Kristaps Porzingis the ball every chance possible. I'm sorry, Tim Hardaway Jr. and your whatever 73 billion contract. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I want Porzingis to be, 
you know, an all-star. Uh, I want the Knicks to not win more than 25 games. I hope both these things <laughs> happen true. And I want to see Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis as the pillars of the future. Um, dear all gods of every world, please make this happen. Um, yeah, that's just my Knicks season outlook. I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> um, sad to see Melo go. Uh, we still have James Dolan as an owner, so things are never good. Yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts about all the train ads that all these fans took out to to express uh, their great. distaste for Dolan? I, I love it. I'll, it it's not going to change anything because Dolan is Dolan doesn't hear anything. He, I mean, if he went as far as disrespecting Charles Oakley, who's you know a freaking god in New York, uh, he doesn't give a shit. So uh, yeah, I hope he doesn't ban me next time I'm, I go for a Knicks game, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Kaushik, do, uh, uh, let's let's jump over. Let's jump to the West Coast towards your uh, weirdly hyped up Los Angeles Lakers, just because of one dude and his father. Uh, <laughs> are you are you excited for the Lonzo Ball era? Uh, I, I certainly am. I think Lonzo Ball is going to be special, but not anytime soon. The, the team. Oh wait, also, yeah. Can go, I rephrase that question? Are you excited it. for the Lonzo Ball slash Kyle Kuzma era? Oh yes, Kyle Kuzma. Oh yeah, don't sleep on Kuzma. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kuzma. He's uh, oh, he's so good. He's he's one of those typical modern NBA players, uh, stretch four shooter, really high energy guy. Uh, I, I love how the Lakers pick so many of these high energy guys in like the mid twenties, uh, mid twenties kind of space in the draft. But um, going back to the previous question of Lonzo Ball, I, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be good. But as with all rookies they take a bit of time to get accustomed to league to the league and to start really showing their impact and the, the Lakers team is just so young and so um, not up to their you know maximum potential yet so it's going to be another sad depressing season uh, I don't think it's going to be rewarding at the end because we don't have a, a pick to look forward to like your, your Knicks do but uh, I, all I'm looking for right now is like the journey of Brandon Ingram and and Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and some of these other guys. So uh, it, I'm obviously like um, stretching it thin here, but that's how miserable things are in Lakerland these days. Um, Kyle Kuzma is going to be the hipster uh, Lonzo Ball. You know, <laughs> everyone who's a Lonzo Ball fan, and then and then you can say like, well, if you're a real Lakers fan, you kind of appreciate what Kyle Kuzma does more. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the water cooler conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that is a boring water cooler conversation. <laughs> um, so uh, before we get on to like sort of our final, you know, predictions, I, I want to hit up just a couple of, you know, uh, just like talking points or uh, water cooler talking points that that we haven't hit up quickly. I, I want your takes on it. So Kevin Durant, Vince, why the hell has he been so weird this off season? I like weird Kevin Durant. I, I actually, you know, while I don't defend, you know, creating fake Twitter accounts to lash out at your fans per, you know, per se, um, I, I sort of enjoy almost, you know, how human he's being in this process of sort of being reviled. You know, he's dealing with all this, you know, backlash still from, you know, him making a perfectly reasonable decision to, you know, change where he does his job. Um, and it's just the how vulnerable he's become, and, and sort of you know admitting that like yes, you know when lots of people say things about me on the internet, you know it hurts me on the inside. Um, I, I I sort of like it when you know these big superstars show that they're not necessarily you know just people on posters. Um, I don't know what it's going to do for his game. I don't I don't really think it's it's something that's going to affect his game at all because he's you know one of the three best basketball players on on our round earth. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's become sort of part of the, the you know, the, this, uh, this off season, it's not just sort of the, the moves, you know, that, that are changing the teams, but you know, all this, I mean, really gossip is what it is, you know, gossip about these personalities and, you know, how they hold up over this intense scrutiny. Um, you know, it, it's becoming a new kind of entertainment that kind of holds us over until the actual game start, I suppose. Um, Kaushik, do you think it'll affect the Warriors at all? Like, just KD's weirdness? 
Not really. I, I think they're just too good of a team uh, to to let something like this affect them. And it's it's just goes to see what what the NBA media is like these days, and even just the fans. We there was almost nothing to talk about after how dominating Golden State was uh, in in the playoffs last year. That we have to resort to things like this, and it's just it's just trying to nitpick some negatives from that team. There just isn't any, and I think they uh, it's safe to say that those guys are going to be the gold standard to, to beat and they're, they're the favorites by a long margin. Uh, and I'd even go as far as saying Kevin Durant's my favorite for the MVP this season. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. I, I, he, 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 to me, is such an intriguing player. I, I agree with you, uh, Vincent. Koshik and I talked about this. Like, as crazy as it sounds, like, we love the fact that he's being human. You know, he just saying yeah. whatever he wants and he's... Um, uh, Koshik always says this that there's so many players who are who, whose answers all times are so boring. Like a lot of these guys have just become really bland. So then when one guy like keeps it real, we have a problem with that. Um, now, in in true uh, Dave Chappelle fashion, keeping it real goes wrong when <laughs> when, uh, when when KD basically insulted the entire country of India and made his own Twitter comment on his own crazy streak. But Overall, I, I'm on Team KD with this one, and I don't think it affects um, Warriors at all. Like they're, they'll be fine. They, they, they survived Jamon uh, Green's dick picking in the Olympics, so they'll be okay. <laughs> um, that seems so long ago. <laughs> exactly. It's a fast news cycle, man. <laughs> um, so, question two: uh, LeBron James and his future. Uh, how much do you guys believe the Laker rumors? Is this his last season in Cleveland? And if it is, so how does it affect uh, how how like the Cavs and him will play this season? Uh, since we're talking about the Lakers, here, Koshik, want you go first? Uh, let's just say I really don't want the Lakers LeBron thing to happen. Uh, it's just going to be so weird if I have to like force myself to support that. Uh, <laughs> so, as a lifelong Kobe fan, it it must be a, a tough thing to start like. Start liking LeBron now. It is, right? It, is. it it most definitely is, and which is why, like I, I kind of want to see him retire at the uh, at the Cavs as well. This is just so it, it makes for a better story. Like it'll be nice for him to uh, survive the the Golden State era, and you know Kyrie leaving him, and then like this whole new team built specifically for LeBron. Like which is what tends to happen these days. Uh, it'd be good to see him continue to fight that fight in the East. Uh, all this might be just weird ways of me saying that I don't want him on the Lakers, but uh, like the, the flavor is pretty strong here. I think uh, I, I want the Cavs and LeBron to go as far as that journey can. Uh, it'd be a shame if it's the last season because we won't know that it'll be the last season until it actually is, uh, and I don't like those kind of uh, uncertain endings because for for players whose legacies are as strong as you know, LeBron James. Um, there needs to be the scripted Kobe end sort of finish, you know. Otherwise, it's just not right. Vince, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked because this is sort of a nightmare scenario for me because you know LeBron with with the Cavs, you know the Cavs being you know the Boston's main nemesis in the East, and of course the Lakers. Oh God, the Lakers! Um, I still <laughs> I still have recurring nightmares about the artist formerly known as Ron Artest. You know, sealing our yes. fate in Game Seven of 2010. Shout out to the uh, therapist. Shout oh out to God! Everything oh, Ron Artest means to 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 all of us as human beings. <laughs> oh, I, I, I I can't even talk about it yet. It's been Vince. Can I just tell you years. one very quick story? Just a quick story because you mentioned Ron Artest. Ron Artest is the reason I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. When Nina and I first met. We both bonded like pretty much the second day we met over the fact that we both love Ron Artest. Was so, he Ron Artest then, or was he Meta World Peace then? He was. That was the off season. He became Meta World Peace. Uh-huh. So it's it's uh, it he he goes back. You choose your words carefully. <laughs> well, in that in that case, I'll I'll move, I'll move past uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. World Peace. But that that is a beautiful story. I mean, that and the the mellow Jersey Dowry. Um, you know, my word. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I think end of the day, I'd be shocked if he doesn't wind up in L.A., uh, if LeBron doesn't wind up in L.A. I mean, it just... I think all the, the non-basketball pieces are pushing him in that direction. And I think 
at this point, he doesn't necessarily feel like he, you know, would, you know, owe Cleveland anything. He brought them that title. And I, I don't know if he's going to stick around there. You know, the core they have, you know, love aside, um, it's hard to see them contending for, you know, multiple years down the road unless they make some some other changes or if they, you know, happen to land that number one pick that I, you know, really don't want them to have. Um, so I think he leaves, but I'm not happy about it because, you know, the Lakers are our traditional rivals. And while it'd be fun to sort of see a classic NBA team, you know, come back to prominence, I'm petty enough to not want that. So. <laughs> I think he leaves too. And, uh, or, or, well, I'll know for certain he's leaving if if they haven't traded that pick. Because if they're keeping that pick, I, they want to build for the future. If they really want to beat the the Warriors this season... They would use that pick uh, with something else and turn it into something to win now. And I think uh, th- this all signals to me that they don't want to go in for, say, example, a Boogie Cousins or somebody like that. Um, just so, uh, just because they, they, want, they want to make sure that they keep, uh, th- that if LeBron leaves, they have something to build upon in the future. I don't know if he's going to Lakers, but um, I think he's done. Um, Next question quickly. Do you think the 76ers make the playoffs? Yes, in a word. I think so. I think Embiid, Embiid's health will be the biggest thing. But in the East, I see them I see them making the playoffs. Everyone's forgotten about Ben Simmons and how hyped everyone was for him. So I think they're going to make it. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite direction and say no. That this is one of my other hot takes. Is that the 76ers are not, not really all, all that. Uh, they, it's not bad the East is though. I, I know I know the East is really bad, but like we were talking about literally two rookies and another uh, young guy who may not play half the game. So uh, I, I think that there's there's still a lot of hype behind the 76ers. They've got to go through a a really big learning curve before they hit that playoffs uh, category. And even in this East, uh, I, I'll be willing to put my money on them not making the playoffs. So I think they'll make it, but they might be one of the worst ever teams to make the playoffs. Oh, for sure. This is how shitty the Eastern Conference will be. Um, so talking about another intriguing team out west, and and this is this is the great like vast difference in conferences because they would definitely make the playoffs in the East. Is the Pelicans? We have Boogie, Anthony Davis, Rondo, and Drew Holiday in the same team. Does this work? Do they make the playoffs? Uh, Koshi, uh, absolutely yes. I think um, uh, there's just too much talent between Boogie and Davis, and we saw towards the end of last season that they started to get uh, that feel for each other. Uh, obviously, mid-season trade doesn't mean that they start working things out immediately, but uh, they're just too good, uh, too good as players to not figure it out. Uh, it's not the perfect build around them with Rondo Holiday and Etwan Moore and some of these other guys, but. Um, I think there's just enough talent for them to squeeze into the top eight in the West, uh, even, even with the loaded Western Conference. Vince, what do you think? I mean, it's hilarious because they're probably a four seed in the East. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what, what Rondo they get um, because there are many Rondos, as I, as I well know. Um, <laughs> the the mid Rondo renaissance in round one against the Celtics last uh, last. Oh, it was glorious. It was amazing. It was, it was frustrating for me for for multiple reasons. Um, of course, I, I I think they they sneak in as the eight. Um, I, I think it's going to be helpful that they've had this off season now to sort of piece together you know how you get these two these two big players onto the court at the same time, and we'll see. I mean, it, it's it's hard to predict anything with Boogie, um, and I'm I'm still. I could still see him being moved if 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 things aren't going well and and some contender making a you know Godfather type offer for him to try to get over the top, but but we'll see. So as much as I love everyone involved in this in this you know franchise, Boogie you know my love for Boogie goes back uh, a long time. Anthony Davis, Rondo is great, and of course our former India coach Phil Weber is is working with the team in New Orleans. That's right. I I just don't see it happening. Sorry, Coach Weber. It's just <laughs> it's like they the the West is so tough. You know, with the Nuggets, it's gonna be much better. We didn't even talk gonna talk about them much. Um, Timberwolves will be better. Um, there's always the Clippers and the you know the Grizzlies might even do better. So it's I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. Um, 
who uh, let's quickly shout out the uh, our you know some of the big end of season awards uh wins who do you think wins rookie of the year well um my you know my homerism wants to say jason tatum and i, I do <laughs> actually think not to not to evoke jeff green twice in the same podcast but <laughs> I, I see i see I see Tatum as, as being sort of a peak Jeff Green type player right away. You know, someone who can. Are you sure can, you're complimenting him right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. I, I've heard so, I've heard him compared to the Paul Pierce and stuff like that. But uh, well, Jeff well, Green. I don't want to be too hasty here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I still have fond memories from you know, was it 20, 2013, 2014 season? Jeff Green, you know, he dropped he dropped thirty, and in the next game he would pout in the corner and not take any shots. Um, so I'm saying all the all the upside of Jeff Green's peak offensive game could be there from day one for Tatum because he, I mean, he's going to be a guy that gets buckets. So I think I he could have expect, a high per. Yeah. I did not expect this to be a, the Jeff Green podcast, but cool. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't think he'll get to play that much, unfortunately, Tatum. That's behind. probably true, yeah. Uh, I, I, he's super talented, and I believe the, the, the Paul Pierce light hype already. But yeah, um, Koshik, do you think it's, it, it's Lonzo's I, I, to lose? I would like that, but I don't think uh, I don't think it'll be Lonzo. Uh, I think it'll be Ben Simmons because I think he's probably the he's probably one of the best players in the rookie class, and he's he's had the benefit of staying in in like the NBA fraternity or whatever that means for a year. So I think it's going to be uh, a few things are going to be easier for him. Um, so my my pick would probably be Ben Simmons. It's uh, it's gonna be a, a a challenging class for rookies because Markel Fultz is good, Deanna Fox is good, Dennis Smith is good, um, Josh Jackson. So there's gonna be a lot of. I mean, I think this class is gonna be really good eventually. But but I'll agree with you. I feel Ben Simmons seems to be the most. Um, I don't know, the most ready for this. Yeah, yes. it's probably the most like special out of the out of the whole lot. Like Lonzo is pretty special, projecting into the future as well. But like Ben Simmons is. We've seen flashes of that already uh, in in whatever little we've seen of him. So uh, uh, he's probably the most ready. That's that's probably a good good word for it. And uh, before we get to our uh, you know championship predictions, let's talk about MVP. Koshik, you you briefly uh, nodded to Kevin Durant. So you think this is going to be KD's second MVP season? Yeah, I I think so. Uh, I I think we've we've like if you. Forget the aberration that Russell Westbrook was last season. It typically tends to come from some team which has a superlative record, and there's just four or five teams now in the league that is that are capable of putting up that kind of a record, and one of them stands out significantly. And we saw towards the end of last season that uh, the Warriors are okay making Durant their main player, like Curry himself is okay with it, uh, and towards the end of the playoffs and even some of the some of the end, later season games that we saw um, before before Durant got injured, like he was he was starting to take that team over, and he just gets buckets so easily, and there's just his impact that's evident so easily and so prevalent on that team that I, I think it's it's going to be the year where he really stands out. Vince, who's your money on? So I, I hear your point about the MVP traditionally coming from sort of one of the top, top tier teams, um, unless they're sort of a statistical anomaly year. That being said, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Giannis is going to blow up this year. We yep. haven't said anything about him yet. I think in the East, the Bucks could the Bucks could slide into a three, even a, even a two seed if, if Cleveland really shows little interest in, in regular season play. And I think we've, you know, we've just started to see what he's capable of. Uh, and I think you know, having been in the league for a couple of years now and, you know, having grown into this system in Milwaukee and he could do some pretty absurd things, I think, uh, you know, statistically this year. And I think also that team could have enough success to put him into that conversation. Um, and, you know, he's really the guy there, too. And I think there are a lot of other stars um, that are, you know, you know, KD included, KD, Russ, Harden. I mean, they're all on, on sort of more crowded starting fives. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Giannis. I think Giannis can do it. I I like that pick a lot because because I was actually going between the two guys you guys picked, you know, between KD and Giannis too. Because um, and and for both those reasons, I think KD um, just because he's you know he's this is the most comfortable he's ever gonna be. He's come off. He's pretty much done everything he's wanted in his career now. Um, he's he's won a championship. He's won 
He's won an MVP before. He's won a Finals MVP, and he's just he gets buckets so easily that he could lead this team to 69-70 wins without even you know trying that hard while just destroying as as the best player. Um, but I like the Yanis argument. I think they will be third best in the East. I hope Jabari Parker is healthy, and um, yeah, I think I think it'll be fun to see. My my vote still goes with KD, but I do like the Yanis pick too. I like the Yanis pick, but I think it's still a season or two too early for him. Like he's what in his fourth year right now. Uh, I think it's just like way too young for the MVP conversation. Like uh, we, we we're gonna see him constantly improve every season, and he's really special because he's with that height and that wingspan, that athleticism. I think he's gonna be really special. But I feel just feels like he him and the whole cycle that his team is in um, is still a year or two away. Good. The Thorn Marker breakouts coming. The Jabari Parker breakouts. <laughs> hey, this is going to be a hell of a Shout out to you for saying Marker, right? You've been listening yeah, to exactly. Howard Beck. I've, I've learned. I've learned. It's Thorn Maker. <laughs> uh, let's finish up before we uh, before we say goodbye. Um, if you had to pick wins today, uh, who the finalists would be in the NBA, who the two finalists are and who will win the title? Do you have a confident prediction right now? Oh, man. I mean, I, I there's no way you can't say the Warriors here. Um, I, you know, as, as much as as much as much I'd like someone to, to challenge them, and I, I think, you know, it's possible if things break the right way that OKC could take them deep into a series. You know, I think it's still possible, even though somehow shockingly we have not said the word spurs this entire time which i think is telling because you know they didn't necessarily make you know big splashes or really splashes of any kind over the uh, the off season but i mean they're the spurs they're going to be right there i still don't think either of those teams beats them in the west um and i you know i'm i'm, I'm very hopeful that boston can come out of the east but at the same time you know i i, I think Whoever comes out of the East is is still, barring an injury that that limits Golden State or other factors that might you know limit them, it's still a, a pretty tall task to go toe to toe with them over the course of you know a long series. Um, you know you might be able to beat them on one night on two nights, but they're just they're just so much. So I'm still going Golden State, um, and I will pick because I have to be optimistic. I will pick Boston to come out of the East, even though I'm not necessarily 100% confident that. That we can you know, beat a LeBron team. If if you're in a position to make a homer pick, you just have to. Yeah, you have to. Um, I, you're absolutely right with the Warriors. Like you have to be special just to beat them once in a while. Like last year's playoffs, the only loss was Cleveland playing one of the great historic offensive games in NBA history, yeah. and that was the only way you could beat uh, the Warriors. Even that, you know, that game three where the Cavs were up a lot, and then. The Warriors made the comebacks look so easy, and, and then on the road they were just like casually clutch in the end, and they, they won that game. So, and and this was they they're gonna be even more comfortable with each other in the system this year. So, I feel it's it's gonna be the Warriors again. I I think it's gonna be one more season with where LeBron makes the finals, uh, or or Boston just out of because I'm on the I'm on the camp of Kyrie being not as good as everyone thinks he is. Sorry, Vince. Um, I just, uh, I, he's a lot of his, he, he's great, but, but I won't see him being better than say a John Wall, you know? Oh. So I don't see him. Mm. I, I, he's not John Wall is incredible. John Wall is a better player than Kyrie Irving. No, Sorry. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have nearly the range that yeah. Kyrie has. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're different, but if I have to pick one in a vacuum, I'm, I'm taking John Wall. So, I'm sorry. This is All not right. me being. All right. <laughs> a DC fan who's seen him play a lot, I, you know, it's just, I just think he makes teams, he makes more teams, he'll, he'll make a team better than Kyrie would make a team better. You know, I think Kyrie did really well as LeBron's sidekick. Um, but anyways, my, my larger point being besides that, that insulting hot take is, uh, <laughs> is, is that I, I don't see, when it comes down to it, you know, uh, between Cavs and Celtics, it's, it's going to be the best player on each team going toe to toe with each other. And I know it's about more than that. But the best players in each team are going to be LeBron and Kyrie. And LeBron is better than Kyrie. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think like for all the hype that there has been about this offseason and, and, all the, and all the changes in player movement and 
trades and off-season stuff. Uh, I think like it comes down to the fact that the Warriors and Cavs are still the teams to beat in either of the conferences, and we will most probably see a, a rematch of of that. So if I had to pick uh, with a fair degree of confidence, I would say it will be the Warriors over Cavs again. So. Um... Basically, we'll have an NBA champion, an NBA champion with Swaggy P and Javel McGee on the same team. That's right. <laughs> Just want the world to know that that like the 2009 Washington Wizards are back. <laughs> <laughs> All they have to do is now sign Gilbert Arenas and Andre Blatch on minimum contracts. Uh, get Gilbert Arenas back in the league. Oh, too long. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Plus, if you know, I mean, Gilbert started with Golden State. He was uh, sixth man of the year or, or most improved player, something back in the day. So, you know, he's got history there. Oh, man. That that would be something. Uh, in this day and age of, like, guns dominating the news cycle, it would be nice to have Gilbert Arenas back. <laughs> you, got, you got dark there, man. Why don't we finish off with... If if you've been saving up a hot take for the season, Kaushik, do you have one to to bless us with now? Uh, I gave you some of my hot takes regarding Minnesota and 76ers and even like Giannis to some extent. But uh, regarding what's probably left, uh, I think I think the Clippers will be more fun to watch with Teodosic than they will be with Chris Paul. This is probably a bit of a reach, but um, it's just coming from. Uh, a whole lot of things that I'm seeing on Twitter and some of these other social media where America just gets introduced to Teodosic as a player and they're like, who is this guy? Uh, where like the rest of the world has been seeing him for for however long. Um, I, I think he's he's going to be giving us a lot of highlight moments and it's going to be fun to see the team finally in the hands of Blake Griffin. They, I don't know if that it'll make them a- any good, but uh, it'll probably be more fun to watch. That's uh, I think I think they'll be fun, especially because they'll be less um, or, or they'll be more likable too. You know the yeah. Again, I'm, I'm as you can tell, I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan. So just with like the the Teodosic, uh, Griffin, I think I think it'll work out. I think I think they'll be they'll be underdogs again, so to say. You know, Gallinari. Mm-hmm. So I hope he's healthy. Um, he should be as long as he doesn't punch anybody. I <laughs> well, can't, can't guarantee that. <laughs> Between him and Blake, it's going to be a, a good boxing match. Um, <laughs> my, my hot take is that Carl Anthony Towns makes an All-NBA first team. Oh, wow. I think, yeah. That, I think that, he's, that is a make... hot take. Mine was like a okay. warm, sizzling warm. sort of take. Yours I, is like out there. I think it does because he's... And, and especially because the, the teams are uh, two guards, two, two forwards, one center. I think if, if they keep it like that because... He's gonna be center, and I won't see a big better center than him. I'm, I, I know who are between Boogie and Anthony Davis who are play center will do well, but I see them as a team doing better. Therefore, I see him getting that spot. Uh, Vince, as our guest, we let you finish off with your flames. Go. Well, you know, I, I think uh, we gotta let your your hot take cool down a little bit before I try to you know put mine out there. Um, but I I think mine has to do with the Rockets. I. The Rockets are going to get upset in the first round of the of the Western Conference playoffs. I, I don't know who it's going to be. It depends on how the seeds fall. I could see, you know, in Denver maybe if they're if they're sort of two or three in Denver's in there at at six or seven perhaps. But when you, I, I'm going to have a hard time forgetting about how James Harden sort of disappeared at the end of their last series, um, you know, with San Antonio and you know Chris Paul for all of his, you know long and fantastic history doesn't really have a great playoff track record either in terms of you know making long pushes so i think they're getting upset in the first round of the western conference playoffs um and i think they'll have you know a a good regular season and i think they'll score you know a ton of points a game and i think basically yeah i mean i think they're gonna you know they'll, they'll they'll look good in the regular season but i think they're gonna they're gonna go out early in the western conference playoffs um and then you know it's going to create a bit of strife, perhaps, for them in the future. Uh, and and set up the banana boat reunion eventually, which that which, is exactly what I was leading to. Yep, it'll set up the banana boat reunion. Um, you know, I think that depends on on what Melo's thinking. I, I, I it's hard for me to see Melo sticking around in OKC. Um, you know, there's that great meme going around where Melo's kind of rolling his eyes and Westbrook shrugging his shoulders, telling him that they have a Chili's that's open until eleven in OKC. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he's not he's not going to stick around there. Um, but, yeah. yeah, all four of them, um, Melo, CP3, Baden, LeBron are free agents next season. And and it, it might be the first time in what a decade or so, or maybe ever, that they all get to have this opportunity at the same time. So, See you in LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, thank you, Vince, so much for joining us. No, thank um, you, guys. We're excited for the season. I think the season starts in what I think by the time this goes out, it'll be in about ten days. Vince, we should definitely catch up for um, the opening night or whatever opening weekend games. Let's do it. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Kaushik, any final words? Uh, no, just wanted to say thanks again to Vince. Uh, good conversation. Always love chatting to people about NBA. Uh, and appreciate your hot takes, even though like you're, you're a Boston Celtics fan. Uh, it's, it's nice to say positive things about Celtics fans <laughs> once in a while. Kaushik, you, I'll, I'll Kaushik, take what I get, Kaushik. Thank you. Kaushik can never say anything good about Boston without the, With, without the disclaimer, even though, there, right? Even though... Yeah. That has to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm like, uh, cut me and I bleed gold, uh, or whatever this saying is. Uh, it's it's it's. You don't even know your own sayings, dude. Come on. You're hey taking man. credit for the you're taking credit for the George Mikan championships. That's right. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thing things are bleak in Lakerland, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So you you'll have to excuse me on that. <laughs> don't worry. In five years, you'll have all the Bald Brothers and Lavar coaching you. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Oh, this is lovely. Um, oh, I'm going to go kill myself after this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to put up the podcast afterwards. <laughs> oh, Alright guys, I uh, just wanted to say uh, thanks again to Vince and thanks for all of you for listening to us. Uh, if you want to reach us on Twitter, Karan is at Hoopistani and I'm at underscore Kaushik7. Vince, are you on Twitter? Uh, let's give you a uh, shout out. I'm out there, yeah. Uh, Vince underscore Granada. Perfect. Uh, follow wins, guys. Um, all, all 50 of you who are listening to us. Uh, that's uh, perfect. 50? That's, that's a reach, man. Okay. We'll get there. Like, it gets to 50 every once in a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, if, if you still want to get in touch with us, uh, get in touch with the podcast, we are at Hoop Darshan. We're on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, and a host of other places. Uh, and the NBA is back, and uh, we're excited. Until next week, then, hashtag India Basketball. Thank you.